You're listening to Very Loose Women. Hello, you are listening to Very Loose Women, live on Resonance 104.4 FM, or possibly on podcast. Um, I'm Soy, and I'm very, very excited to welcome Bee to the show. Hello. Um, Bee has produced this episode with us, um, but before we jump into it, I'm also joined in the studio by Leo. Last on the list, no excitement. <laughs> no. <laughs> thank you so much. And Millie. <laughs> oh, not that. Thank you, Millie. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Don't be rude. Um, <laughs> It's tradition that we start with checking in on each other through starting a celebration, starting, sharing, sharing. a celebration, um, or a frustration from this week. How are you doing, Leo? Well, um, I do appreciate the segment because it, it allows me to take stock on how my life is doing. And today I've had a day which has very, been very involved with washing machines. And this morning, I so I took off my bed sheets. Mm-hmm. There was period blood on my bed sheets mm-hmm. and from actually two days ago. So fair enough. <laughs> it was not my own. Um, so I like picked it all up and then put it in my washing machine. And I was like, oh, no, where's my watch? Um, so I was like, it doesn't matter. This watch, I mean, it's wasteful, but it costs seven pounds at the worst. If I can't find it, if I did put it in the washing is machine. It's a black Casio watch. It is. Um, so uh, anyway, I left. I didn't think about it. And then when I came back, the washing was dry. I put it out. Um, no, it was wet. I put it out too dry. Mm. And my watch was there, and it's still working. It's done a full spin. It does. Is it water resistant? It says water say, resistant in there. Casio, yeah, but <clears throat> there's water resistant, and there's a freaking washing machine. <laughs> this is the Casio F91W, which I have been having different versions of <laughs> for the past. I have the same watch. I know, because it's the I was best about watch. I to say, this is really cute that you guys have matching watches. We was that on purpose? No, no, like we a met this way. That's how you knew it was meant to be. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I've actually had different versions of this, not since school, because I had a smaller version at school, but since university. And, and once you get onto the Casio F9W, I think, 91W, sorry, I think you'll agree, Soyla, but you can't really switch off of it because it's the best watch. It's classic. Yeah, it's, it's a, a classic. Cla- it is a classic. I actually had, I didn't mean to talk about watches for this long, but um, I was in a lecture once and this guy was like, Psst, hey, and I was like, what? And he was like, where's your watch from and I was like "Mm, uh, the online shopping store that's very famous and he was like they had them in my day and I'm thinking well surprise it's still around I'm not finished with my washing machine spiel oh sorry I interrupted (laughs) I didn't realise so okay so also um a friend of mine recently got his, well, their, him and his partner, their kitchen redone. Mm. Um, and a while ago, we like um, moved on, I rented a little trolley from HSS Hire. I like the crediting of where I get products today. <laughs> um, and moved the washing machine because he lives on the road parallel. We moved it into my room, uh, my kitchen. And I've been having two washing machines, one new, like almost new, like two years old, very swanky. Mm. And then my crappy old one, which I have to do like two washes for it to work sometimes. Um, and today, James came, my friend came around and finally switched them for me, even though I probably should have done it myself. Um, and it works. So I've got this like amazing new washing machine just, just the morning after I washed my watch. That's two washing machine stories in one day. Wow. Yeah. Some might say too many washing machine stories, <laughs> but I would not say that. Ouch. I think just enough. My heart. <laughs> um, B, do you have anything to celebrate this week? Absolutely. Um, I was at work today and I had a different celebration, but then um, it was about two hours before work was meant to end and a guest came in um, to work and they happened to have with them a dog, a big big furry dog 
as dogs tend to be. And um, obviously this guest had to go and do the guesting of what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So this dog obviously needed to be looked after. And I so nobly kind of put aside my own work that I had to do. And I really, I sacrificed a lot and I said, I'll look after the dog. And so for 40 minutes, I played with the dog at work. That's really nice. That's literally it. That and it was what a, I dream of. And the dog <laughs> fell asleep on me. And um, oh, it was just my week. That's a good day. The end of the week. Uh, it was peaked. I should, it's all downhill from here, basically. <laughs> um, and that's literally it. Dog. Um, 40 minutes of dog. What's better, the dog or very least women on the spot? Dog. No, 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 I would also say yeah, the dog. It's just I'm so sorry. Your mouth I'm so sorry, but oh if you'd seen the dog, yeah, you would have understood. What breed was it? Um, so it was a rescue. Mm. So they weren't sure, but they think it's uh, something crossed with an Alsatian. Oh, those are um, the best dogs. And it was a very new, newly rescued dog. He'd been like hit by a car recently. Oh, no. He was limping. He was oh, he was so precious, but he was so good. Oh, he only good, chewed some boy. of the wires, a only some boy. of them, and I let him do it because he was a good boy. Um, I'm going to shout out to a listener way over, over the pond in UCLA. Um, <laughs> a, one of our listeners got in touch with us this week, called um, Marion and um, wanted to shout you out, Marion. Thank you for getting in touch with yeah, your Yeah, your message words. did the rounds on our Very Loose Women WhatsApp group and it made me so happy. Yeah, It's really great that um, people love the show enough to get in touch with us. So mm. listeners, if you're listening to me right now, and please, want a shout out. please contact us and tell <laughs> us how much you love us because <laughs> I like that in my life. <laughs> um, Millie, do you have a, a little celebration or a frustration? I do, I have a celebration. Can <laughs> we hear it? Here. I wanted to buy a sandwich and there was a cafe. Mm-hmm. So I went in and they were like, oh, we're closed. But okay, started turning out to make my way out the door. And they're like, but take any of the food on the shelves for free. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it was amazing. So you were like, I'm here. I've arrived. <laughs> yeah. I took two sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> two salads. Yeah. <laughs> A tiramisu. <laughs> which which it, we've discovered you don't like. Yeah, I didn't want a tiramisu, but it felt foolish not to take it. And a yogurt. Wow. Oh, See, gosh. that collective... That's, like, <laughs> that's the holy grail of London. I'm in awe. Of, like, London post-work. That's the only thing you want. It was really great. That's so nice. Good. <laughs> what a haul. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, Did you enjoy it? The dinner, I mean? Well, it's upstairs. Was I it a good time? Oh, yet. you haven't yeah. eaten it? Yeah, yeah I had the sandwich. Down. Okay. They were like, at first they were save like, it. you can take a bag if you want. And I was like, no, that's fine. Then I had to turn around and be like, actually, can I have a bag? <laughs> can I have two bags? Yeah. Uh, um, today, we're actually going to be talking about sex positivity. B, you have actually studied the philosophy of sex. I have. Um, yes. Could you tell us a little bit how you were introduced to this subject? Um, so when I was kind of looking through my modules at university... Um, spotted one on the course list that was not quite like the others Mm -hmm. Um, in amongst all the kind of Plato and I don't know ethics philosophy of sex is not something that you tend to see on a course list so I thought I've got to do it I've Mm -hmm. got to take it see what it's about Um, and it was already quite similar to a lot of the other things that I was taking at university so ethics feminism uh, that kind of value-based philosophy And it was honestly one of the best modules that I did in my entirety of my three years. Um, And I think I came to the conclusion afterwards that 
I probably had always been sex positive mm. in a way, um, even though I hadn't known that that was a thing or that there was a term for it or um, anything like that because obviously a lot of people, if you're not having the right education or if you're not talking about this sort of stuff with people, um, and especially when you're when you're young, it's not like you're going to pick up a book of academic philosophy of sex. <laughs> that would be a bit weird. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how I was introduced to it. It was quite a slow burn, but it was a um, basically taking the course, learning as much as I could through that course. And, yeah, I just found it incredibly interesting. And especially because there's... You, there's so much variety mm. in the topic of philosophy of sex because all of the um, philosophers, obviously, their their own attitudes, their own worldviews come through um, in their philosophy. And so, for example, more conservative philosophies uh, philosophers will have more conservative views on sex, and will, that will come across in their in their work. Mm. So, I think that's really interesting to see. There isn't just one perspective on it, like there isn't for anything really. But yeah. So, like, what is you're talking about attitudes a lot? Mm-hmm. Um, what are our attitudes towards sex? How has it changed since we kind of were first introduced to it, started having it, that kind of thing? I'm what is known as a late bloomer. Okay. <laughs> um, I wasn't interested at school at all. Mm. Like, it, I thought that I was asexual for a long time until I was about 21. Um, but I had, I think I had. It, because I'd always seen it as I didn't count like lesbian sex so a woman and a woman mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that both were lesbians I'm coming to terms with that as a bi woman okay. the terminology frustrates me okay. <laughs> but it, it was technically lesbian sex and I didn't class it as sex mm-hmm. at the time um, but I was 19 I think and then um, uh, and I think in terms of sex positivity that's something uh, that would c- come into play as in I have like reviewed my um, sexual past in the lens of what I've learned about sex in the future, if you see what I mean. So at the time, I didn't think this is the first time mm. I'm having sex. It was like, I'm fooling around with my best friend. Mm. Um, <laughs> but uh, but then, like, in hindsight, I was like, oh, right. Um, sex. So the first time I had sex with a man, that was the time at the time that I was like, oh, I'm losing my virginity. Mm. This is, like, a big deal for me. Even though, like, you know, I'd, had, I'd done stuff before, but I'd never clocked it in that way. Okay. Yeah. So it was, yeah, there's definitely been changes from and I think this happens a lot with sex from the thing that you're doing to then thinking about it and it changes the way that you then think about yourself having looked back on the incident Mm. I think um and that happens yeah that happens a lot uh, for me in my personal life Mm. particularly around sex I think now I see sex as a nice sort of bonus like Mm -hmm. it's not like the most important thing for me but it's like nice and for me it's definitely more about the person and not about so things like hookups I've tried that but I get very anxious I get invasive thoughts it's just not something I can do because it just makes me too anxious I need to really trust the person I'm with otherwise it's completely pointless for me and actually a bit scary well what about Hmm. that also in relation to masturbation um what in relation to masturbation? like just your attitudes yeah so that was um I, so again, super late bloomer. Like it would genuinely not occurred to me to masturbate for us about nineteen. Like I was saying, like it hadn't dawned on me. That was my, the thing that people did. I tell you this thing. So um, I, my attitude towards masturbation was, um, I this the story is that I was at this house party, and my best friend, um, who's a guy, and like at the time his girlfriend and another friend, and the topic of it comes up, and I <laughs> said this. I was like. Isn't it just like when you tickle yourself? <laughs> and they're all like, what? And I'm just like, well, you know when you tickle yourself? 
and you don't feel ticklish. <laughs> when you <laughs> have a wank, is it that? I was like, doesn't it? It doesn't have an effect then. <laughs> Do you know there what? Are... I think that makes sense. Like, how will you try and massage yourself? It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the I same. Thought this, I thought, I, and so they're kind of like, right, okay. Um, um, Josh, my friend, was like, I'm going to leave the room and you're going to talk about, you're going to have some sex ed right now. Um, and Lich, I was like, oh, wow, this she is a thing. masturbation doesn't. It was, I mean, I didn't really have sex ed. But from what I know about people who do have sex ed, mm. masturbation isn't a thing that comes up. Well, we're, yeah. we're going to talk about this a little bit later yeah. on the show. Mm. Um, because, of course, at this point, I was actually at university at this point. Yeah. So I had had no education about yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of the self, I was going to say self-pleasure, oh but I know that you don't like I that hate, word. I hate the term <laughs> pleasure in relation to sex. I just hate it. Just one, say wank or say enjoying, but pleasure is, I'm just like, <laughs> enjoying. It, it, it makes my skin crawl. It's so disgusting. And I know in a sex positivity show, I should not be saying this, but it, it, it makes me uncomfortable. Um. Let that run just hang in the air. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think it's really interesting what you were saying about looking back in a more sex positive light and seeing what actually was sex or not. Because um, when I did this module, at the very start of the course, um, the lecturer said, um, write down uh, somewhere in your notes, how many people do you think, or how many people have you slept with or had sex with? Mm. Um, and then at the very end of the module, he asked us to do it again. Mm-hmm. And this, the number of people whose number had gone up ridiculously because they had realised that a lot of their experiences actually had counted as sex yeah but they just hadn't that thought about it so much for me because mm. i for me my sex education was actually through this show so i started doing this show in what? 2006 um and i asked one of my co-producers like like what do you do to masturbate like it, i just don't know and so it was it was like this mm. this is like my foundation of yeah. that um and it's through like doing the different shows where i was like thinking back like oh that was sex with that person it was yeah. exactly that and and actually I'm not as much as a prude as I thought I was <laughs> I'm just not interested in like that many experiences of mm. PNV as they call it yes PNV what actually is sex positivity so it in a nutshell um sex positivity is basically the idea that that sex and sexual relations um, should not be taboo in any way, that mm. we should be able to have frank and open conversations about sex and about uh, relationships because that's the best way to educate people um, about what is healthy and what is not. Um, and it's essentially this idea that... It, well, it, can't, it comes from um, a psychologist um, who... It, he was called Wilhelm Reich and he... He was a bit of a strange guy. He's a strange dude. So I mm. don't want to attribute it this movement to him okay. because it's changed very much. He was the uh, he's coined the term basically. He had sex positivity, sex negativity and he was talking about it in terms of theories basically. But now it's been co-opted to be more of a socio um political movement and um it's about sexual liberation. It's about um encouraging people to feel open in their sexuality, um, to feel open about their bodies and um, 
about pleasure as well. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we, not everyone has I'm to apologize sorry. every single time they say pleasure in the show. I have a feeling that's a wall we're going to come up against a lot of times. Um, but what's really interesting about sex positivity and why it's so difficult actually to pigeonhole it is that just like any topic or theory or anything, um, just like feminism really, there are so many different branches and people disagree within sex positivity. Not everyone agrees on certain issues. There are a lot of contentious issues when it comes to, for example, um, pornography. That's a contentious issue. Um, some kinks. There are lots of contentious kinks out there that some people disagree with. And so um, it's the kind of thing that's hard to pigeonhole because it is so nuanced. But the fundamental thing, like the thing that everyone agrees on, if something is sex positive, is to uh, we need to talk about sex, mm -hmm. as Salt and Pepper mm -hmm. famously said, mm -hmm. um, and also we need informed consent, right? Yes. Those are the two fundamental. Completely. Things. So it's about everything that goes into building a healthy sexual relationship of some kind, basically. Um, you you've just been talking about informed consent, um, yeah. and I think having a look at consent within kind of this education aspect. Um, as with like masturbation, I didn't. My sexuality was limited to you know talking about the the birds and the bees, a man and a woman. It was very um, heteronormative. It was very kind of clinical. It and... was all I think focused around like where do I come from and yeah. how do I avoid STDs? Like mm. those are the two central focal yeah. points. Not like no consent no. teaching. No yeah. kind of this is how you have a healthy sexual or, relationship or a gay relationship. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think things have moved on. When I was um, a substitute teacher, I was um, just standing in the room trying to make sure kids didn't do stupid stuff. And um, there were these two girls talking and one of them said, what's pansexual? And the other one said, I don't know, I'll Google it. And like, I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> oh my things goodness. have changed so much. <laughs> you know, they were like 15 and they were just like, oh, just look that up. Yeah. You know, that is just something that was not available maybe to your generation, but not to my generation. I have a feeling we're this part of the same generation, yeah. you know? But cusp, cusp. I know that cusp. you're significantly younger than me, so I know. <laughs> um, we actually have a consent trainer who recorded a little bit for us. Um, it's a very short bit. Um, but he can hopefully explain a little bit how to teach consent. My name is Saul and I helped to develop and coordinate the Enough is Enough consent workshops at SOAS University of London, which are now in their third year. I am also a bandmate of Leo's in the band I Am Brunette. I think what really kind of interests me about the idea of sex positivity is the way it can play into the idea of building a consent culture. You can't have a positive relationship to sex and sexuality without having a positive relationship to consent. Those two things go really hand in hand. That is what would tie me to the idea of describe myself as sex positive. Although I take on the idea there's a lot of difficulty in sex positive language. Have you ever felt ashamed about your sex life? I think that there are things that I don't like I was before the show I was trying to figure out if I felt ashamed of the stuff I didn't want to say on the radio mm. I was like I am ashamed do I not want to say it on <laughs> massive audience <laughs> um, because I'm ashamed or just because I want privacy on it mm. and I, that's not clear to me because if I want privacy then maybe it's because it's a taboo but I'm not mm. sure not necessarily not necessarily but like, I'm not going to list I'm not going to like, offer a list mm. I'm into <laughs> and yeah. actually that's an important point because one of the kind of the 
common misconceptions when it comes to sex positivity is that sex positive people are banging on about sex all the time pardon the pun <laughs> thank you um and that's not the case at all it's not that you know people feel the need if they they want to be seen as being sex positive just go around be going oh i had this did this i did that whatever whatever yay to all sex it's not necessarily how it has to be you can be sex positive in and, your lives and, and to other people yeah. yeah and be asexual or to not talk about your sexual encounters i mean you can ha- be having no sex at the moment you can be going through a dry spell and still be sex positive you know mm. so i think i think that's fine and <laughs> um, that's something that um saul said who spoke there um i think he's quite active in talking about sex positivity and um he said that uh that is a common misconception there's like um Sometimes there's a misconception that's pressure to talk about sex a lot if you're sex positive, but actually it's that whatever amount you want to talk about it is the right amount. Exactly. And yeah. that it comes under sex positivity because you're still being positive. As long as you are learning more about other people, how they feel, that kind of thing, you're still being sex positive. In terms of shame, just to get back to that, because mm. um, for, for me, like the, the section of my life where people might attribute shame is... Uh, dating women Mm. Um, and I don't know if it's internalized shame or something but it just took me a long time to figure it out and I don't know if that's like shame of talking about it to people or admitting it to myself or just like that I'm really slow to catch on to stuff I think I mean I think a lot of the shame comes from the kind of social input yeah and I think it's a very heavy weighing of the way that as a society we treat sex and sexual relationships um, because you can feel a sense of shame, um, like I felt shame when people will be like, "Oh, um, I was actually I was watching this week. Blue is the warmest color." Oh, yeah. And in that film, um, uh, directed by a man, uh, directed by a man. <laughs> but um, in that film, um, the main character is questioned about um, her relationship with another woman by other students and there's a sense of shame where she reacts and she's like oh but I'm not this and I'm not what you're calling me and Mm. and um that I think that societal thing even though it shouldn't be something you know even though she hadn't done anything or even though you know something may not have happened which I've just said (laughs) (laughs) but um there's that sense of that shame which Mm. you you know yeah you, you no i to be even publicly like, shamed i guess yeah. four three years ago i remember saying someone oh i don't want to go to a gay club because i'm gay i'm just like going to gay clubs like mm. i just remember like why would i say that yeah. to someone mm. like there was no reason for me to say mm. that but i clearly internalized something where i'm like i don't want this person to think that i'm gay which is crazy yeah um and i yeah i think that's something being with my partner like it's I think that's why also pride is so important just because there are so many people like me and I don't see my I don't come from a particularly repressed background and yet mm. I've managed to internalize these things mm. well then is there a way to become more sex positive how can we do that but then what are the limits I suppose B is the person to answer this um no totally there's it, there's a lot of ways that we can become more sex positive I would say the easiest if I was to pick one is just education mm. because obviously that's quite a broad thing um education and active listening um so hearing other people's experiences of how they go through life and how they go through sex because you're only going to be able to be sex positive about your own worldview if you Mm. only hear it so you you can only have one experience and that experience is for example if you're able-bodied or if you're heterosexual or if you're asexual or depending on the culture you come from 
So I think education to do with healthy relationships, about consent, about how to have good sex, which um, so often education for especially uh, young boys comes from pornography, Mm. which is tailored to a certain kind of the particular kinds of people in those videos, particularly particular kinds of acts and particular kinds of language Mm. that's used. Um, And if that's where they're learning it, they're not going to know particularly how to pleasure a woman um and <laughs> in terms <laughs> you told me not to apologize yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but yeah when it comes to limits i think um there is a lot there can we've got to criticize sex positivity nothing is beyond criticism essentially um because for example like i said not all sex positive people go around shouting about sex but some some do and and you should you can if you want to but there are of course the problems of people if they um have certain trauma relating to um speaking about sexuality due Mm. to something that they've been through or even again culture or there's just a lot and able-bodiedness and and all of that sort of stuff Mm. so although education stuff is important that's why i emphasize the active listening because that's the only way that we can be inclusive with our sex positivity which is the most important thing we've run out of time wonderful note to end on as well yeah um thank you so much b for helping us produce this episode no thank you for having Um, me thank you to our listeners who've been listening to us on um, Resonance 104.4 FM I forgot the station then <laughs> um, um, our podcast is acast.com forward slash very loose women we're also on Apple Podcasts and I think Google now have a podcast too uh, or a podcast app are we on thing. that? Um, I think you can listen Great. yes um, so you can subscribe to never miss an episode of course as I said at the start this episode was produced by B Duncan and myself Soila and co-produced by Leo audio engineering was done by Patrick um, so thank you so much, Patrick. Um, you can follow B on Twitter too, and that's at B, that's B-E-A. It is. And then Duncan and LDN for London, uh-huh, which we right. love, we love. <laughs> um, of course, we are at VLW Radio. Um, we're also VLW Radio on Instagram and Very Loose Women on Facebook. Send us a message. To Send us a message. You love us. Thank you, Millie, for being part of the show as well. So good night. Bye.